0: Assalamu alaikum, Rahmatullah, he was Barakatu in Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, who was a star in who was a stowfiru. Shururi and Fusina, who means say, Ati Amalina, Maya de Hila, who feller, Modilla, who were made Lilfala had the Allah, washado Allah, Ila, Wa who anna sayyadana muhammadana Abduhu, wa were واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويوفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشره الامور محتثاتها وكل محتثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضَلَالَةٍ في النار oh praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa his family, his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. The month of Muharram. The month of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-Muharram. Shahrullah Muharram. This month of Muharram is a great and blessed month it is the first month of the Hijri year, and is one of the sacred months concerning which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in verse number thirty-six, Surah Tauba, Inna عِدَّةَ شُهُورٍ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ اثْنَاعَشْرَ شَهْرًا فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ مِنْهَا Minha Arbaatun Hurum, Dalika Dinul So, in this verse, in verse number thirty six of Surah Tauba, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that indeed the number of months that indeed the number of months ordained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is 12. So like how we have in our normal year from January to December, 12 months, the same year we have from Muharram until which month? Dhul? Dhul-Hijjah or dhul Which one? Dhul? Dhul-Hijjah. Dhul-Hijjah is the 12th month of the year and then we move to Muharram again. In Allah's record, so in Allah's record here it's referred to the Lawhil Mahfud, the preserved tablet. Since the day he created the heavens and the earth of which four are sacred. So of which four months are sacred by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the companion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abi Bakra, may Allah be pleased with him. So we find that he narrates a hadith an in sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal. So Abi Bakra, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Azamanu zaman qad istadarak wa qad istadarak hayati yawma khalaqa samawati wal ard that the division of time has turned to its original form which was current when khala as samawati wal ard when allah azza wa jalla created the heavens and the earth That the year is 12 months. And from these 12 months in the year, we have four months that is sacred. We have three of them that are consecutive. They come one after the other. Dulqada Wadul Hija Wal Muharram So Dulqada being the eleventh month, Dul Hija being the twelfth month, and Muharram being the first month of the new year. Where we find ourselves in fourteen forty five currently. <coughs> then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says, Wa مُضَرَ الَّذِي بَيْنَ وشعبان. and the month of Rajab the month of Rajab the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa says right of the tribe of Mudar which comes between Thaniya wa sha'ban so the four sacred months three of them are consecutive and then one is on his own which is rajab And this brings me to the next question. And the next question is, why is Al-Muharram given this name? Al-Muharram is called Al-Muharram because it is a sacred month. This is, or this further emphasizes its sanctity. The words of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in verse number 36 of Surah tawbah When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says And do not wrong yourselves therein Meaning Do not wrong yourselves in these four months In these sacred four months Because doing something wrong in these months In these four months Is a greater sin than doing it other times Ibn Abbas radiyallahu an, the companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when he spoke about these words do not wrong yourselves therein he says it applies in all the months then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala singled out four months and made them sacred which means it's emphasized and the emphasis that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of all 12 months of the year He places its sanctity and emphasizes its sanctity during these four months. And He made a sin during these months then know that the sin and this transgression is a grave sin and it's more grave than doing it other times. And he would does righteous deeds, he would does righteous deeds during these four months, then know that the reward of these righteous deeds are greater during these months. And Qatada said concerning the words do not wrong yourselves during these months then he says that the wrongdoing during the sacred months is more serious and it incurs a greater burden of sin than in other months. And wrongdoing is a serious matter to do wrong it is a serious matter in any of the 12 months. But as I mentioned earlier during the sacred months it becomes more grave and more wrong. And he also says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen elites and specials from his creation, from his malaika, He's also chosen messengers and from those messengers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala picked certain messengers with greatest or with greatest status. So like that, out of the months, Allah azza wa jal has also chosen four months to be sacred. And like that we have, for example, the days of the week but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses Sayyidul Ayam, which is the day of Jummah. And then we have nights through the year, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses Laylatul Qadr. And what we are trying to explain or what we're trying to get to is that to show someone or to explain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he can choose what he wills, when he wills, and he can make whatever he wills sacred, or not sacred. Allahu yafa'aluma ma Yasha. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does what he wills. An Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhu ma qala, قَدِمَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ الْمَدِينَةِ فَرَأَى الْيَهُودِ تَسُومُ يَوْمَ عَشُورًا فَقَالَ مَا هَذَا قَالُوا هَذَا يَوْمُ صَالِحٌ هَذَا يَوْمُ نَجَّى اللَّهُ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلُ مِنْ عَدُوِّهِمْ فصامه موسى قال فنحن أحق بموسى منكم فصامه وأمر به Sami ابن Abbas he narrates to us that the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam he came to Medina he entered Medina. And when the Prophet sallallahu entered Medina he saw that the Yahood that the Jews they were fasting on the 10th of Muharram on the day of Ashura The Prophet sallallahu then asked them about this why are you fasting He asked them why are you fasting on this day of Ashura they replied to him and they said the Yahud they say to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that this is a good day this is an auspicious day something great happened on this day this is the day that Allah rescued Nabi Musa with Bani Israel from his enemy Fir'aun on the 10th of Muharram." So the Prophet sallallahu then says to them that we have nahnu Ahakku, that we have more rights over Nabi Musa over the Bani Israel than you the Jews So the Prophet sallallahu he orders and he commands the Muslims, the companions to fast on the 10th of Muharram so this hadith for the next few minutes is going to basically be our basis it's going to be our foundation that we are going to speak on for the next few minutes now the next question that comes up is obviously the virtue of fasting in Al-Muharram but keep this hadith at the back of your head and Abu Hurairah radiyallahu an was the companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, afdalus siyam ba'da shahr Ramadan. Oh, afdalus siyam ba'da Ramadan huwa shahrullah al-muharram. And in another narration, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam says, salah, And the best salah after the faraid is salatul layl وَقِيَامُ اللَّيْلِ أو, أو كَمَقَالَ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ So Ramadan, the month of Ramadan is the best month to fast. Because this is fart. And as we know, a sunnah can never Replace a fart, or meaning a sunnah can never be more rewarding than a fart. So the month of Ramadan is made wajib for us. Oh you who believe, fasting is prescribed upon you as it was prescribed on those before you. And this is Shahru Ramadan. Then after Shahru Ramadan you have what is known as Sunan fast. If you do it, you get rewarded. If you don't do it, you don't get punished. So the next best month is Shahrullah al-Muharram. The month of Muharram. And in that same hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also says, with regards to one salah, that the best salah after the five daily prayers, which is fard. He is to stand up in the middle of the night and make qiyamul layl or Ta'ajud as we know. So someone cannot stand up, they make Ta'ajud, then he go back to sleep, but he oversleep for Fajr. Right? Then you rather sleep during the night, but you wake up for, which is fard. Then there are other Ahadith as well. So when this hadith, which says that Shahrullah al-Muharram, then we can understand that it is indicative of the veneration this month deserves. As it is attributed to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. In This is just a bit of Arabic grammar, in a genitive or ithafa phase. Al Qari says what appears to be the case is that what is meant is the entire month of Muharram. However, the Prophet sallallahu never fasted any month in full apart from Ramadan. He never fasted sallallahu any month in full meaning the entire month from the first till the end of the month. Except the month of Ramadan. So this hadith. How do we understand this hadith? Anyone? How would we understand this hadith? Now. So I call out names. <laughs> You're going to be live, eh? Anyone? How do you understand it? No? Okay. Anyone else want to add? Or a different answer? Sorry? I I wish they Oh, okay. Time. Which means that he fasted a lot of the days. Not every single day, but most of the days. Right? That is what is meant. The same as during the month of Sha'ban. He never fasted the whole month of Sha'ban, but he fasted a lot of the days of Sha'ban. And remember, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, He chooses whatever He wills of times and places. Al Is ibn Abdi Salam, He says, that the superiority of times and places is of two types. The first of which is in worldly terms and the second is in religious terms. Because of what Allahu Azza wa bestows upon his slaves at those times and in those places of a greater reward for deeds such as the greater virtue of fasting in Ramadan over fasting in other months. And, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And this brings us to the next point. And this point is, what is the reward for fasting on the day of Ashura? Is there a reward? Isn't there a reward? I wake up there's a day of Ashura it's the tenth of Muharram so I fast do I get something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or don't I get anything so fasting on the day of Ashura it expiates for the past year the Prophet sallallahu alayhi he said fasting the day of Arafah I hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will expiate thereby for the year before it and the year after it. And fasting on the day of Ashura, I hope that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will expiate thereby for the year that came before it. And this hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim RahimAllahu Ta'ala. And so we understand that fasting on the day of Ashura is indeed virtuous and it is indeed blessed as we get a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is, this is by the bounty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon his slaves. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghafoorul rahim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most forgiving, the most merciful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy when he's slave, when the mu'min, when the believer does good. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gives us certain days. He gives us certain times during the night. He gives us a day in the week that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has legislated for us. And this legislation is found in the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. For example, the month of Ramadan. For example, the days of Araf- the Day of Arafah. For example, the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. For example, the month of Muharram. And these legislations are given by the lawmaker and the lawgiver, Allah Azza wa jal. So there's no need. And this is why the ulama, the scholars of Islam, they were so strict when people introduced matters into this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, known as bid'ah or innovations. Because Allah Azza wa jal, Had there been a need for extra days? Had there been a need for Mawlud? Had there been a a need for to celebrate Isra wa Mi'raj? Had there been a need to have Garway Sharif? Had there been a need when someone passes away to have three days and seven days and 40 days and one year? if there was a need for all of this then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated this as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals to muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of arafah al yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al islam that on this day i have perfected for you your religion al yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum and I bestowed upon you my bounties and my favors. And I've chosen for you the Deen of Islam, Imam Malik, Rahimallahu taala, Imam daru hijrah that Imam that taught in front of the Qabr of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam. Imam Malik, he says. That whomsoever introduces something into this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is as if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yani qad khana ar risala. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he, yani, didn't fulfill the risala or he didn't complete his risala. Why? Because if someone adds anything into the deen of Allah with regards to ibadah, then that means you are saying that the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam didn't show us everything. And yet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam indicates to us, and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he shows us that I've not taught you anything except that it will lead you to paradise. And I've not stayed away from anything except that it will lead you to jahannam and to destruction. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's system. He gives us days, He gives us hours, He gives us months, which He has legislated for His ibadah. The next question that I would like to look at why did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam fast the day of Ashura? So now, I need you to go back to the hadith of Ibn Abbas. And what did Ibn Abbas say? That the Prophet Sallallahu he enters Medina and what does he find? He finds that the Yahud, that the Jews, they are fasting on the 10th, on the day of Ashura. And what happens? He asks them, why are you fasting? And they said that indeed, this is a great day. This is the day that Allah saved Nabi Musa and the Bani Israel from Fir'aun. And we're not going to go into detail of Fir'aun's story. That will take us another lecture on its own. So we're going to cut the whole long story short. But what does Fir'aun do? Fir'aun and, knowing, and we know who Fir'aun was. As Fir'aun claimed, Ana He said that I am the Lord Most High. Wa na'udhu billah. The ultimate shirk. And Abi Musa and his people, they flee. And as they are fleeing, Fir'aun and his army are behind them and they come to the sea and they can't go backwards and they're going to walk into the army. And if they go forward, where are they going to go? They're going to go into the sea. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا illahu And none knows the armies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. None truly knows them. And Allah Azza wa Jalla splits the sea. And Nabi Musa and the children of Israel, they go. They walk into the sea. The sea is on the sides, on the right hand side, on the left hand side. And they walk in, in the middle. And Firaun and his army, they try to come. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? As Nabi Musa and his people are walking, Allah closes the sea and Firaun drowns. But before Firaun drowns, moments before he's going to die, what does he say? He says, Al-ana. He says, Now I believe. But now it's too late. Now it's too late. You have your whole life to believe in Allah. Nabi Musa came to you with, with Harun. And what happens? You said, Let me build a tower. Let me go to Musa's lord. You called the best of magicians and what did you try to do? You try to do sihr you try to do magic then what do you try to do when the magicians embrace Islam you want to kill them this was Fir'aun but this is a lesson for all of us and this lesson is our Tawbah don't wait till you're old to make Tawbah don't wait for Ramadan as Ramadan comes when Ramadan comes then I'm going to make Tawbah You know, that first night when they sight the moon, now I'm going to make tawbah, I'm going to leave off. No. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness now. And we all have something that we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness for. Whether it's ghibah, whether it's namima, whether it's lying, whether it's mocking, Watching something we're not supposed to watch. Speaking to someone we're not supposed to speak to. That all the children of Adam they are sinners. But the best of them is who? Those that returns back to Allah in forgiveness. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam commands the Muslims to fast on the 10th of Muharram the day of Ashura because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that we have more rights over Nabi Musa than the Jews and when the month of Ramadan became compulsory then the fast of Ashura then became what? Sunnah The fast of Ashura now becomes Sunnah because the month of Ramadan has become Fard A point that I would like to highlight as well that many people they would ask what sins are forgiven when we fast what sins are forgiven or what sins are expiated when we fast on the day of Ashura. Imam an Nawawi, rahimallahu ta'ala he mentions and he says that it is minor sins. As for major sins then one needs to make tawbah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says that fasting the day of Arafah expiates for all minor sins in other words this brings forgiveness for all sins except major sins so if this happens for arafah then it will happen for ashura as well he then says the fasting of the day of arafah is an expiation for 2 years and the day of ashura is an expiation for 1 year and if a person's amin coincides with the amin of the malaika his previous sins will be forgiven. Each of the things mentioned may bring expiation. If he does something that expiates for minor sins he will be expiated and if there are no minor or major sins it will be recorded for him as good deeds and he will rise in status thereby. If there is one or more major sins and no minor sins. We hope that it will reduce the major sins. And this is found in Al-Majmu Sharh of al muhaddab of Imam Naw Rahimallahu Ta'ala. Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimallahu Ta'ala, he says, the expiation of purification, right? Yani Tahara wudu of our salah, our prayer, our fast in the month of Ramadan the day of Arafah the day of Ashura this applies to minor sins only and this is found in al fatawa Al-Kubara so the next mas'ala we would like to look at that is do we only fast the 10th of Muharram or do we fast on the 9th and if we fast on the 9th we where do we get this from? So Abdullah ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, he said, when the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fasted on the day of Ashura, and he commanded the people to fast, they said, O oh, messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, is this a day that is venerated by the jews and the christians do they uphold this day do they honor this day the prophet sallallahu he then says next year the meaning the following year if allah wills we will fast on the ninth day as well but by the time the following year came rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has passed away so, why should we fast the ninth? What was the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi reasoning for fasting the ninth? Anyone? To be right? To be different from the Yahud. So, they celebrated Ashura, they fasted, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Nahnu bi Musa, we have more right over Musa. Alayhi Salatu Salam. So, he commanded the Muslims to fast. Then he says afterwards, that if I were to live next year, if I were to fast next year, then I will add the day, the ninth. Why? To be different from the Yahud. And from this we can see that if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us to be different from them with regards to fasting, what's still about, for example, their festivities? What still, for example, their holidays? What still, for example, going to their places of worship? What still, for example, standing and sharing platforms with them for religious activities? This was just so. But the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told us to be different from them. But in today's time you find people wearing the garb of the Muslims looking like the Muslims wearing the garb of the ulama of the Muslims but they call people other to than what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us to be different from them so here comes up a mas'ala or two. And that is with regards to these days of fasting. You fast the ninth with the tenth. You can fast the tenth alone. Right. It is permissible to fast just the tenth. Because remember the Prophet he fasted the tenth. Right? The ahadith of him fasting Muharram was only on the 10th, he said, had I lived, or if I see next year, then I will fast the 9th. So if someone only fasts the 10th, there's no problem with this. But it is afdal to fast the 9th and the 10th. Some ulama says that if you can and you have the strength and you have the ability, to fast the 9th, the 10th and the 11th. Because there's a hadith, there's some weakness to the hadith that the hadith mentions fast the day before or the day after. So the 9th is before the 10th and the 11th is after the 10th. However this hadith has some da'af. So some of the ulama, and this is what uh, I've heard from Sheikh Sulaiman al rahili HafidhAllahu Ta'ala that he quotes Sheikh Bin Baz RahimAllahu Ta'ala that to fast all three days or then two days and if that is even to hard, then just fast on the 10th of Muharram and Allah knows best. So before I move to the second part of the topic for tonight we find that people tend to have a lot of claims towards the month of Muharram. They have a lot of events in inverted commas that took place during the month of Muharram. And some of these are even claims with regards to Ambiya, they say Nabi Yunus was saved from the whale. They would say that Nabi Adam made istighfar his, his tawbah was accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the tenth of Muharram and a few other prophets. But what is recorded and what is sahih and what is authentic is the narration of who? Of which Nabi? Nabi Musa and only Nabi Musa. Nothing else. So this is the only event that took place on the 10th of Ashura. Nothing else. So this brings me to something important. And this is the different groups in the month of Muharram. So do we find or do we have different groups? And the answer is yes. We have different groups With regards to the day of Ashura, and the first group I would like to look at is the Shia, or the Ithna Ashariya, the Twelvers, or the Rawafit. So before I get into this group, I'm going to ask another question to the floor, and that is, what role do you think the Shia? plays with Ashura where do they fit in to Ashura the Shia now of Karbala right so what is Karbala obviously I can't go into the history of Karbala I can't go into the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu an and who was Hussein radiallahu an who was his grandfather Muhammad sallallahu a'alaikum. Who was his mother? Fatima. Who? Fatima radiallahu anha. And his father? Ali radiallahu anha. So, right, look at his grandfather, Muhammad sallallahu a'alaikum. Look at his parents, Fatima radiallahu anha. Ali radiallahu anha. The question I'm going to ask before we go into any detail here: yeah? Does it hurt? Does it cause sadness? That the Prophet grandson was martyred the way he was martyred. Yes or no? Yes. Any believer, any believer that believes in Allah and believes in Muhammad as the final messenger and believes in the last day. Will feel some pain because this was the grandson, and there are many narrations that the Prophet how he played with him, that he would extend his sujood to let him to him and his brother play on his back. So we as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaah it hurts us, and that part of history it is a painful part of our history. But unfortunately, the Shia, they've hijacked the month of Muharram. They've hijacked the month of Muharram. They've hijacked the 10th of Muharram, specifically the day of Ashura. So what do they do on this day? What they do on this day is they beat their chests they slap their cheeks. They strike their shoulders with chains and cutting their heads with swords. And what does this lead to? This leads to blood flow. And know that this is all innovations in the deen of Allah and it has no basis in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi he did not prescribe this. On this ummah, the Prophet did not prescribe this actions for someone that has been martyred, or on behalf of someone that has been martyred. So, for example, Nabi Zakaria is a Nabi of Allah. He was martyred. For example, the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If you look at Umar radhiyallahu look at Uthman radiallahu an, look at many of the other companions, they were martyred. You look at Hussein radhiyallahu an, own father Ali radiallahu an. He was martyred, but never in the history of Islam did they do this type of actions for them as the Shia, the Rafidiyah, the Ithna ashariyah does for Hussein radiyallahu an. And like I mentioned, I'm not going to go into history, but there was a sect just a few years after the martyrdom of Hussein radiyallahu an, was known as the Tawabin or the Tawwabun, the repentance. So what did they do? They beat their chest out of regret because, I this time is going, but because the people at the time that said that, oh Hussein, we are going to stand with you, were the same people that turned their backs and they were the same people, or their fathers were the same people that turned their backs on Ali radiallahu This is history. But this side of history, the Ithna Asharia, the Shia, the Rafidiyah, they don't tell us. But go read the books of Ahl Sunnah and you will really find the history behind this. So why did they slap them? They started beating their chest out of Tawbah because they realized what they did to Hussein an and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim, they have a hadith from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, where Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said that the Prophet sallallahu said, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, he is not one of us who strikes his cheeks, rins his garments, or cries with a cry of jahiliyyah. He's not one of us. So they're not part of Ahlu Sunnah. Of doing actions like this. So this brings me inshallah we finish in two or three minutes. So this brings me to the second group. The second group is the Nalsibis. Now the Nalsibis they are the opposite. Yeah? They have hatred for the Ahlu Bait. They have hatred for the Ahlu Bait. So on the day of Ashura, the Nalsimis, and they came from the Syria area, etc., during those years, they opposed what the Rafidis do. So what do they do? They celebrate. They have a day which they call the day of Eid. They have a day where they cook foods. They have a day when they do husl. This on this day, they perfume themselves. They wear the finest garments, and they give sweets to the kids. They give sweets. I see some of the older brothers, they smile in here, right? I know why you're smiling. As I say, why are smiling? <laughs> right? I think those years when you went to Madrasa, right? Used to get a, what they call a katusi, or a brain sack, no? Used to be a brown bag. That's what I heard. And there used to be some nice eatables and sweets and that in there, Now and money as well ah mashallah right so allahu a'lam whether this can be traced back to the nazibis and the last point I'm going to make at the end it could be based on that statement or that I will narrate to you why actually they were given sweets or money etc so this was them But this too was an innovation you can never introduce a bid'ah to fight a bid'ah right so now they may get that on the Thursday so what we're gonna do we're gonna call everyone together we're gonna reach Surakaf it doesn't make sense you can't do something which was not legislated by Rasulullah to do in a group just to oppose that so this is what they tried to do but also they had hatred and not just the Shia, but many people that attach themselves to the Barel, are sect, or the Barelvis, even here in Cape Town, that they would say that people that are on Quran and Sunnah, ala fahmi salaf, or in short, the salaf is, right, the Ahlul hadith, they accuse us of being nasibis, wa na'udhu which is not the case. So celebrating that day is an innovation. It is a bid'ah, like how making that a day of mourning is a bid'ah as well. Shaykhul Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimallahu Taala, he says, because of the killing of Al husayn shaitan caused <coughs> shaitan caused the people to introduce two innovations. the first or the innovation of mourning wailing on the day of Ashura by slapping and we spoke about that and then he brings the second group and the second group is the Nalsibis that I spoke and this you can find in Minhajus Sunnah and that's the end of the sheikhs quote my last point right our last point and we're going to end is the following there's a hadith And this hadith, the classical scholars of hadith, they've differed upon. And the hadith basically speaks about spending on one's family on the 10th of Muharram and it will grant you a wide sustenance for the year. And they're great scholars on both sides of the fence. So those that say this hadith is Maudu, is fabricated, the likes of Ibn al Jawziya in his kitab Al-Mawdu'at the likes of Hafidh ibn Kathir the likes of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala and a few other muhaddithun then there are those that say there might be some virtue there might be so they still deem the hadith to be da'if, but because they believe in fada'il, that you can use we hadith for fadl, right? they don't say the hadith is sahih, they don't say the hadith is authentic, they don't say the hadith is hasan. But because they believe in using it for virtue, for fada'il, right? and these were also great giants, for example, Imam Jal, Suyuti Rahim Allah, Hafiz Iraqi, and many others. Right? So it could be based on this hadith that money was maybe given or you know, sweets and that. Like I don't see and I won't go to the extent Allah knows best that you would trace it back to the NLCBs per se in our community and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Astaghfiruka wa tubyaleik. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.